Huntington Hotel in sunny Southern California. This podcast, of course, is Tennis Pal Chronicles, and we're sponsored by Tennis Pal, the best app to find people to play with. Visit TennisPal.com to download the app today. We have a very special guest today with us on the podcast. I'm really excited to interview my friend Mark on the podcast. Mark is the author of The Gift is the Giver, Chronicles of the 21st Century Decade. Is that right, Mark? Uh, The Gift is to the Giver, Chronicles of the 21st Century Decade. Yep. Awesome. And please say your last name for me so I don't butcher it. Gazanski. Gazanski, just like it is spelled. Exactly. Well, his writing has appeared in the New York Times, The Sun, and The Lit Hub. And Mark's essay, Gritty All Day Long, is anthologized by Norton and also appears in Best American Sports Writing. My gosh, that is huge. I had no idea I was talking to someone so huge in the writing oh, world. Oh, as famous as they come. <laughs> I mean, I read the Norton Anthology in college. Still have it on my shelves. In fact, I was an English major in college. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. How'd you like it? How'd you like being an English major? Oh, it was great. I thought it was supposed to be something else, you know, somehow was programmed as an Asian American to think I was supposed to be a doctor or scientist or something, but I was just terrible at it. Uh-huh. I got a C in chemistry and I said, that's not good. But C, so. C, C stands for chemistry. Yeah, that's right. C for chemistry. But when I talked to my counselor, she said, well, what do you love? And I said, well, I love reading and writing. So she said, well, why don't you pursue that? And I focused on English and literature and loved it loved every minute of it it's been very useful i speak english every day (laughs) (laughs) oh valerie is just joining us right now my awesome co-host let's see if i can tag her in here hi it worked all right we are back welcome my awesome co-host and the labor cup veteran valerie garcia how are you valerie hey philip i'm good how are you (laughs) Good, good. You just finished playing tennis this morning, didn't you? I did. Yes. Went well. It went well. Thank you. Awesome. Well, let me introduce you to Mark Gazonski. Hi, yeah, Mark. I was, I, was, I was completely amazed. Howdy, Valerie. How are you doing? How'd you get? How'd you... Super happy to meet you. Likewise. I hear, I hear that you're a girl drummer. I, you heard right. <laughs> what, what do you rock out on the hardest? You know, probably classic rock, some Zeppelin, maybe nice. some... Uh, System of a Down or something? Are you a musician? Very, very nice. I, I've always been a, an avid listener. I just started uh, drumming as my COVID thing. And I'm, I, 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 I've always been feeling it. And I'm very, uh, I'm always encouraged because my wife says I sound good. And I think that's uh, a very high compliment. Nice. It's good. Well, that's the kind of wife you want, right? Someone who's going to really encourage you in your passions. Absolutely. She encourages the... Uh, the tennis quest. She, she's she's always uh, very uh, supportive of my being out and about and traveling on the bus for four hours a day. <laughs> well, speaking of your wife, you guys live on the west side of Los Angeles, right? Yes. Same state as Valerie and I are in. And you also are working on your next book, which just happens to be your quest to play tennis on every free public court in Los Angeles, right? <laughs> yeah, that is, that, that's exactly right. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, a new career thing for me. I retired uh, from being a public school teacher last spring 
And uh, sometime over the summer, my daughter said to me, Dad, you know, you should, you should play tennis on every public court in Los Angeles. And I thought, that's crazy. And then August rolled around when, uh, you know, school started up again. And I was like, you know what I should be doing right now? I should be playing tennis on every single public court in Los Angeles. And, uh, <laughs> and I set forth. And it's just been, it's just been really joyous. Uh, the entire process, I, I uh, especially after I play, I know Valerie, you just got done playing, uh, but after I play, I'm just so psyched about the whole thing. That's so awesome to hear. I love hearing other people who are psyched about tennis. I wasn't feeling very great this morning and, and almost, I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, but you have to go. You'll feel, you'll feel better when, when you're there. And because uh, it was kind of early uh, start time. <laughs> and of course, as I'm driving in my driveway on my way home, I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm so happy I went, you know, just feel so great after. Uh, I, uh, part, of my, uh, part of my quest is I write a letter to uh, a friend or a family member after each of these things. And I'm just so exhilarated in these letters. Like I read them later. I'm like, dude, you were exhilarated. And I, I think, you know, I think that's real. I'm just all for it. I think that it's such an important part and an overlooked and underrated part of life is to uh, generate the light uh, for yourself and others. And I can't, I can't guarantee that playing tennis with me is like, you know, 100% delightful, but I, I'm just, I'm having the time of my life. That is so awesome, Mark. And that's what we're all about here on the Tennis Pal Chronicles podcast is the passion of tennis. So can you tell us a little bit about your tennis career and how it started where ah. it came from and how it infected your life? <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of this quest, I think, is, is, is a testimony to my family. Like, I learned tennis from my mom and dad, mainly. Like, I remember playing with my dad and, uh, you know, he was very serious about it. He really came at you with the first serve and the second serve. And, you know, this was back in 1972. So I really think this is like the 50th anniversary of my being a tennis player. So my dad taught me, my dad taught me to go hard. You know, my dad did not fool around on the tennis court. And uh, so that was really an important thing. And my mom taught me a lot of things. One of them is not to throw your racket. Because I remember once uh, we were at Winston Churchill High School in San Antonio, Texas. And I must have flubbed something and I tossed my racket. And she was like, that's it, we're done. And we were done. And I don't think I've thrown my racket ever since. I've had other misbehaviors, which I've tried uh, to tamp down. But I, I've never thrown my racket ever since I was about 12 or 13 years old. Wow. Have you ever heard the Roger Federer story where his dad left him at the tennis court when he was a child? And I believe he gave him some francs to take the bus back home. But he said, hey, if you don't stop throwing a tantrum, uh, I'm leaving. What did he do? In general, Roger Vetter had a pretty bad temper when he was young. And he would uh, even cry when he lost. And he would throw his racket and, you know, just had a terrible, tam- had a terrible temper tantrum when he lost. And uh, his father said, hey, that's, that's it, none of that. If you don't um, change your ways, I'm just going to leave you at the court. And so he, apparently he left him, I think it was five francs on the table, and 
his father Robert went home, <laughs> and so Roger had to you know take the Franks and and go home on the bus by himself, and uh, he remembers that as kind of one of the turning points for him to remember that his bad behavior has consequences. So it was a really great story. I haven't heard of that. Have you, Mark? You know, I have a lot of tennis fandom to uh, to catch up on. I've always been a, a baseball fan. Uh, if we're allowed to talk about that on your on your podcast, but no, uh, no band, <laughs> no baseball. <laughs> somebody, somebody at tennis this morning when I hit a serve that was like it didn't even make it in the court, and somebody said, "Do you play baseball?" Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of comparisons to a baseball player um, when I'm playing, and I, I take it as a compliment. So anyway, yeah, my storied career. I've won two trophies. I don't know. You didn't mention that in your intro, but over the course of playing tennis in Los Angeles for 20 years, I've, I've garnered two trophies. I got one playing over at, at Rancho uh, down near uh, Dorsey. Uh, wow. Yeah, me and Clint. Hey, Clint, we got... Uh, we came in third in some tournament and I snagged a trophy for that. And then I was on a, a, a USTA team this past uh, summer, um, Court Justice. We went to sectionals, so I got a trophy for that. So That's just a about great name, Court Justice. Court Justice is, <laughs> Court Justice is pretty good. So uh, I, 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 tend, I rack up, I'm on a pace to rack up about a trophy per decade. And, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I like the look of a trophy. Did your daughter ever tell you how this idea came for her? Or do you guys talk about that? Yeah. Uh, she, well, she, she's, uh, she's taken up tennis too, which makes me uh, grin from ear to ear. And cool. she lives up in uh, the Bay Area. So she was thinking like, I'm going to play tennis on every tennis court in the Bay Area. Because in certain ways we're alike. Um, uh, our next interview, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. She passed the idea along along to me, and I added the twist that to get to these courts, I have to take uh, public transit or, or ride my bike because it seems very um, planet murdery to be like driving by myself to all these far flung courts. So a special part, and I think one of the things that makes it really so delightful to me is these journeys that I take. I feel like every day I set forth on an odyssey, especially when I'm playing in places that are far from the west side of L.A. Um, But like I was playing in Monterey Park uh, at the end of last week, and it was like two hours there, two hours back. And the whole time, I was just like a pig in a pig's favorite substance, you know, like looking out the window of the bus, watching Los Angeles unfold, you know, and, you know, Los Angeles has its beauty. Los Angeles has its squalor. I think this is an, it seems like this is an especially dire time in Los Angeles history uh, between um, the housing crisis and the drought. Um, and one of the things that feels important to me, and I guess one of the things that feels important to me about this quest is, is kind of bearing witness for Los Angeles, because Los Angeles has been really great to me as an adopted hometown. You know, this is where I've spent, you know, 30 out of 31 years of my marriage. This is where me and my wife raised our daughters. This is where I had my career as a teacher. Um, This is where I've played a ton of tennis. 
And it just seems like Los Santos is really kind of down on her luck at the moment. And there's a part of me that just wants to be out there. And, you know, I can't, I can't like one guy, like solve all these problems. But I remember from my teaching days, um, this idea of just being a witness to what's going on and like being there and showing up that, I don't know, it feels like in some like, you know, micro way that it's making a contribution and, you know, or at least, you know, I'm like getting out and I'm getting out and being among the people. And I think that's really important to me because I've spent a lot of time in my backyard just swatting wiffle balls and oranges over over the trees in my backyard. And, you know, that was fun, but it was also like super private. And this new adventure is just so out there in terms of meeting people. I've met people from all over. I met people from Jordan. I met people from Siberia. I was playing with a guy from Kazakhstan the other day. I really love that. I really love that connection. Definitely one of the best parts of Los Angeles is the diversity that we have here. As you're entering into all of these different communities, I'm sure you're really exposed to that. So so let me recap. In your quest to play every tennis court in the Los Angeles area, public tennis court, you also ha have committed to only getting there by public transportation or bicycle, and you also are writing a positive letter after every match. Is that right? Did I get that I right? I do. I do. I've got, I'm filling up uh, folders, or, or not folders, but uh, binders, which I think is very important in a writing practice that you'd be like accruing paper. Uh, and I've got, I'm on my third binder already. And I've also, I'm really super thrilled about this. I'm starting to get letters back from people. You know, I like it when people like email me back or text me like, got your letter. <laughs> but to actually like people are starting to like actually sit down and write a letter back to me, which is just beyond, you know, I can't even open them. I'm just like too thrilled. I think I might, you know, sort of <laughs> transmogrify if I actually open these letters and start reading them. But they're there. They're waiting for me. And it's really thrilling. I really feel i um, very pleased to be supporting the uh, U.S. Postal Service, another another institution in, in a time of dire need. So, uh, That's down on its luck. It is. I mean, wow, that is so cool. Incredible to get a personalized letter from someone in the mail that is not actually spam or advertising, right? It's flabbergastingly joyous. What a treasure that is. Valerie, we have to start writing to each other. This is such a genius idea. I was just thinking that now that's going to be, I'm going to totally steal it, Mark. And I'm every time I play tennis, which is basically Sunday mornings, I'm going to come home and write a letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's a great practice. Channel, channel some of that, uh, some of that glee and, and joy that we get, you know, like let's use those endorphins to power. I don't know. Just like put it out there because there's plenty of, there's plenty of sorrow, you know, and all that stuff is real. There's plenty of sorrow and sadness and despair and all that. But, you know, if you're feeling great because you just played tennis or you just <laughs> rode on a bus for four hours across the Los Angeles, why not, why not capture some of that and share it with somebody? You know, that seems, like, that seems to me like that's a worthwhile use of, use of time. I think it's pretty amazing that after four hours on a bus, you still have the joy. I'm impressed. A friend of mine, actually one of these guys who wrote me a letter, uh, 
he asked me uh, as my uh, as we were getting to the end of last semester, he's like, what are you going to do with all your energy? Because you put a lot of energy into teaching. I was like, that is a really good question. And I think, you know, you know, four, four hours of public transit and a couple of hours on the court and a couple of hours of writing, you know, that, that's, that's getting there. It's starting to get there. I think I'm going to add another element to the quest, though. Are you ready for the next element? Let's hear it. Hit up a public library, like the nearest branch library, so I can go and like investigate these questions that are starting to accumulate. Like I passed by this huge power station on Venice and Fairfax, and I've passed by. I must have passed by this place getting close to a thousand times in my life, and I'm like, that's really big. Every time I go by, I'm like, that's a really big power station. But I started thinking, like, well, you know, where's that power come from? How's that power generated? And you know, as a retired person now, I have time to look into that, and I and I I think that it, it's perfectly viable to like find out where's the nearest branch library uh, to all these courts I'm playing on and go like find out what books they have on electricity and, you know, sort of look into it as opposed to, because my fear is like that I'm just like skimming across the surface as I go, you know, like looking at Los Angeles at the out of bus window or over the handlebar. I hope I'm not going over the handlebars of my bike, but you know, as I'm <laughs> passing by on my bike, it's all very like here and gone. And I want to develop a closer relationship with the city in the course of this adventure. And I have a feeling that going to uh, going to libraries might be a way to just like get smarter. You know, like Philip, you and I talked about being English majors at the top. You know, so I think uh, just going to the these branch libraries will be good for investigating things like how does Los Angeles get its power or you know, all these other questions. And I think it's also a way, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but I'll just speak from the heart here. It's a way to uh, connect or at least bear witness with uh, homelessness, because I know that one of the services that libraries provide nowadays, in addition to uh, information and books, is, is services to, to uh, unhoused people. And I just have a notion that perhaps that'll extend my relationship with this this dire crisis to be like wow that's really heartbreaking to be like i don't know i don't know what the other side of that i don't know what you know deepening my relationship or my response to the housing crisis in los angeles would be but i just have a notion that perhaps spending a little time in branch libraries would uh help me figure out that question Oh, I love that idea. I think that is so super, Mark. And I love libraries. I think uh, there's a lot of treasure there for people to find. So let's take it back to your first ever court appearance in Los Angeles, the beginning of your quest. Uh, what was that like? The first court I played on in my life or the first court I played on on the quest? On the quest. The first court you played, first tennis moment. Yeah, it was great. It was on. It was on the court at um, Griffith Park, and another a bunch of courts in Griffith Park. This is the, the, these are the courts that are closest to um, the merry-go-round. Oh yeah, the two courts under the trees in the park. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, this was my first one. I rode my bike all the way from Mar Vista out to. 
Griffith Park, which oh my god, I know it's it, it's not good for my tennis game. I can tell you that much. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit winded, a bit winded after after a 15 mile ride. Uh, but anyway, I get out there, and the guy who I was playing with was actually there, and I just thought like that is so great because Los Angeles, you know, Los Angeles is pretty prone to uh, to to flakiness. But no, he showed up and uh, he was super friendly, like right off the bat. He was telling me all about playing tennis with his father-in-law or his, uh, I guess I'm jumping the gun there, but with his, uh, his girlfriend's dad and how he was, his girlfriend's dad loved playing with him because he had a good game and he'd never liked any of her boyfriends before. But, you know, this new friend of mine was like, he got in with the family and it was all good. And I was just like, wow, I've known you for a minute and you're really getting into some important stuff. So I guess tennis made him more palatable yes, to his father There you go. There you go. And why not? <laughs> but how did you actually meet him? Because it sounds like you didn't know him before you met him. What was the actual process of connecting and what, what medium are you using to connect to people? Well, this whole quest has been a great triumph of, uh, a great triumph of social media. Uh, for me because Facebook has been great. There's the Facebook um, Tennis Players in LA page and I found you know, dozens of people to play with uh, off of that. Um, oh yeah, shout out to Sophia who's the admin for that page. She's awesome. Right on, Sophia. You're doing a great job. And that, <laughs> pa- that page is super funny. There's some really quirky people on there uh, and you know, I, I just, I've, I've come across all these people from all over the world or their origins are from all over the world, but they're just, you know, here on a court and somewhere in Los Angeles. Uh, so I so use that. So you go on Facebook and you post something that says, hey, I'm going to play at Griffith Park. Um, do you want to join me? Is I've that been deal? doing that. I mean, I try a couple different things. I try, you know, I say, like, I'm right up front, like I'm a 3-5 because I think there's a, you know, there's definitely a certain... Uh, part of it's completely rational. Like you want to play against someone that you're you're matched up with, who matches up well with you in terms of your skill level, because it's more fun to play against somebody where you match up well. So like I'm a three five, which means basically I'm I'm intermediate. You know I'm okay. I'm not great. I'm, I don't have any pretensions of greatness in tennis. <laughs> um, and uh, so you play against somebody else who's roughly a three five, and. Uh, what else do I say? Oh, I say like what part of town I'm looking to play in. Like the last couple of weeks, I've been looking to play out in Monterey Park because I noticed, you know, I was, I was getting up into the valley pretty well. I had gotten down into Torrance and Redondo pretty well. But yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Let me just name off some of the places because you can actually go to Mark's website and you can see that there is a lot of places that he's already played. Yeah, and so give a shout out to your web page so that people can find you there. So much good information. Oh yeah, Centro de Gozo. That was uh, my friend Mike Downey's uh, suggestion. I was playing with him pretty early on, and he was like, "Hey, I hope you're writing about all this stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, I am. I'm writing letters to everybody." He's like, "No, you should have a website. You should call it Centro de Gozo, and you should write about all the courts you're playing on, and then you should go find the nearest taco truck and write about it." So. Uh, I thought that was brilliant, and Mike is a uh, he's 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 a uh, very formidable marketing talent. So I was like, if Mike says so, I should do it. 
So I do. Yeah, and it's so great that your blog details all of the places you're visiting. You take pictures. Uh, there's so much information. For instance, uh, North Hollywood, Santa Monica, uh, Marine Park. Um, so many places that you've listed on your website. There's a little map there that you've added too, which is really nice. Uh, some of the places you played in the Valley, Cal State Northridge, North Hollywood Rec Center, Van Nuys, Sherman Oaks, uh, Balboa Park, Encino, Charles Wilson in Torrance, Holly Park, oh, another Holly Park, but different spelling in Gardena. It's confusing. And I think there's a yeah. third one too. They, they just like the sound of Holly down, down in Hawthorne. Redondo Union High School also, so you're including high schools. Not really. I just let, I let that one go because I really enjoyed the company of the person that I played with. And, you know, it's a little, well, it's somewhere between a little and a lot, like self-indulgent when I meet these people and they're like, hey, I just want to play tennis. And I'm like, hey, I just want to play tennis, but it has to be on a court that I have never played on before. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm on a quest. And they're like, okay. So this person just wanted to play at, at Redondo Union. And uh, so I played with her, but I'm, I'm not... There's this list of about 512 public courts in L.A., and I think we can safely subtract about 100 because I don't really intend to, like, show up on all these high school courts and be like, oh, let's play tennis, you know? <laughs> well, a lot of them are close, close campus, too. It's hard to as well, they should be. Um, as they should be, yeah. yeah. You as a teacher know. <laughs> yeah, right? So the, the high school courts are off. So I think, I think, you know, if you subtract the high school courts, there's somewhere around 400 and I played on about 55-ish of them. So this is going to keep me, keep me occupied for another two years. Um, wow. You know, if I, you know, if I have the strength and ability and mobility to keep doing it and I really try not to take that for granted. And, uh, another, yet another thing that kind of, I don't know, at least it inspires me is yeah. that I feel like it's a really, good use of my um, physical ability at this stage of my life because I'm 61 years old. You know, I feel really, you know, truly blessed that I can just like bounce out of bed at the crack of dawn or before the crack of dawn a lot of times and go off to like Valencia and go play tennis with somebody and then, you know, haul myself back and still be you know, able to go walk my dog at the end of the day. You know, that, that's so great. That is uh, is a real gift. And I think that, you know, being active in this way is is a form of honoring it. At least I, I, I feel like it is. I'm so impressed with how positive you are and you are sharing so much inspiration. You've already inspired us and you're insp you've inspired Valerie to start writing letters. So that's very cool. But I'm sure that there's a lot of interesting, weird and kind of stories full of drama in your journey as well because that's also part of LA so we'd love to hear some of that yeah the one that comes to mind when you mention that is, is on uh, uh, on public transit you know most of the time public transit is just a-okay and everybody's minding their own business and just you know going where they're going but it does serve a lot of people who um, are uh, down on their luck I remember I was coming back from someplace one time and this guy gets on and he looks very uncomfortable in his skin. And <laughs> speaking of the skin, he's like super facially tattooed, like spiderweb tattoos all over his face. He's also changing seats a lot. And I'm like, 
you know, one of one of your one of my options in in case of you see somebody who looks really pretty out there is just like get off the next stop because there's going to be another bus coming along any minute now. Um, so I was thinking maybe this, you know, maybe I'll just get off at the next stop. But I noticed this guy also had a mask on. So I was like, you know what? He's kind of aware, you know. So let's give him a chance to settle down. Um, so we ride along. He does settle down and he falls asleep. And uh, a little while later, he wakes up and he's like, is this bus going to Artesia? I was like, no, man, this bus is going to Santa Monica. He's like, damn, I live in, I live in Artesia. How am I going to get home? I was like, well, let me look that up for you on the, on the map. So come on over, you know, let's take a look. And I was like, no, you got to go back. You got to go back over to, you know, take the same bus back to Flower Street. And then you take whatever bus it was down to South Bay. And that'll, that'll get you towards Artesia. And we were fist bumping and peace sign flashing. And he got off the bus. And uh, I don't know what happened to him after that. But I really felt, <laughs> I felt like the catcher in the rye. You know, I felt like, I felt like, uh, I was, I don't know, out there, uh, a vigilante for helping mentally ill people find their way home. Wow. <laughs> which, which is just a perfect job description for me at this, at this time in my life. Oh, for what sure. What about the most interesting? Well, my friend Timothy is, is, is such a great guy. He loves to play with the non-dominant hand. Like I knew the moment I saw his uh, his his ad on uh, Facebook, or I don't know that it's an ad, but he was like, I'm looking for somebody to play with their non-dominant hand at Hernan Park. I'm like, I am right there with you, brother. So we play left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> we play left-handed sometimes, and then we play right-handed. We're, we're, we're roughly, roughly well-matched. I think he's got the edge on me. But he's a great guy. I really like because I don't. I feel like I don't have to put up my like vocabulary guard on with him. Like I can throw down like whatever like highfalutin word I want. And he's like, yup, yup, yup. Um, he's also Valerie. Uh, he's a musician, so I can like go in as I often do. I often like will just talk about how much I love Ringo Starr's drumming. He's like, yup, 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 yup. So nice. Yeah. So I was I was going to ask actually if you ever um switch your drum set up to play lefty cuz oh. I used to love to do that. Yeah, I think you're well advanced on me. I'm just at the point right now where I can start to incorporate the tom-toms a little bit. Like I kind of figured out that they're tuned differently and just like whatever agility is required to get off the snare and and, and like dart over to those other drums from time to time. Um, but I find that all those session musicians from the 1970s songs that I play on are super forgiving and they never miss a beat like um, um, Johnny Strikes Up the Band by uh, Warren Zevon is not going to change. So if I if I have a stick click or, uh, you know, if I even drop the sticks, those guys just carry on um, and, you know, I can catch up with them the next time I hit uh, next time I hit play. Nice. You know, when you, uh, I don't, are you doing LA County? Is that the yeah. geographic? Yeah. Cause there's some, there's some courts in Compton that I really want to hit. I've heard, I've heard tales of there being some really good walk-on scenes in, in Compton and I haven't gotten down there. And I want to, I really want to ride the K. Uh, that's a new, one of the new Metro uh, lines. Uh, 
And I think I can wangle away over to Compton. But also I want to get out to like your neck of the woods. I hear there are clay courts out in Diamond Bar. Is that true or just a rumor? If there's clay courts in Diamond Bar, please sign me up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just actually was playing in Diamond Bar this morning, um, not unfortunately on clay courts. Uh-huh. I, I only know of clay courts in Upland, and I'm not even sure if they're still there anymore. Mm. Um, it's worth but, finding out. It's worth a bus trip to Oak to Upland to me. Um, yeah, actually, they're green. They're green clay. It was uh-huh. like twenty one dollars an hour. It was. It was great. I played on there once. I don't know if they're still there. Um, but if you find out if this rumor is true, please let me know. <laughs> okay, I will. I will for sure. Um, but I was gonna. I was gonna offer up my my services. Um, I'll definitely down to hit with you when oh, you cool. make it your way to the East L.A. region of L.A. County. Oh, that's the first thing I'm doing once we're, we're done talking here. I'll, uh, I'll shoot you an email and we can get something going. Sounds good. I want to get out there. I want to get, also I want to get down to like Southgate and Commerce and Paramount because um, I was facing that way when I was playing up in Sequoia Park uh, just the other day. And I was just reading this article about the uh, re- reshaping of the L.A. River and about how the um, the current sort of concrete embeddedness of the LA River has contributed to the parklessness of a lot of those communities that are just north of Long Beach. So I'm just curious, like, do they even have tennis courts down in Bell Gardens? And if so, what are they like? What kind of shape are they in? Do they have a do they have a strap on the net? You know. Tell us about the communities that you've seen, because you obviously are walking into so many different communities that maybe are entrenched on these courts and they've been, you know, living there. For instance, like in, in Echo Park, there's a huge oh, that was really interesting. that's there. They bring a barbecue, they camp out on two of the courts and play every Saturday and Sunday, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Really fun Sundays. guys. Yeah. Really fun Have guys. you seen those kinds of pockets in Los Angeles? I really felt uh, blessed again. Uh, I, I ventured out to... Uh, Monterey Park, I'm blanking on the name of the court there, but there's, oh, Alhambra. It was this big court in in Alhambra. There's a statue of Ralph Kiner over there. Um, But anyway, it was definitely like a scene. And like, I've been, I've been playing, like, I know, I know a tennis team. I've been playing at Ladera Park for 20 years. Like, you know, that's my home court. So I was definitely like just dropping in on these guys and and women who've been playing there forever and i was like hi i just took the bus for two hours (laughs) you know here here i am you know but one of them like befriended me and introduced me to the rest of them and i hopped on and played a little bit and i think that i think that the initial actually one of the things that taught me just like how to get along with people who who come from a different you know, demographic than I do is just like learning how to hop on to a walk on tennis game over at, uh, over at Rancho, you know, cause those guys wouldn't always necessarily be like the most inviting people in the world. And like, especially early in my career, you know, sometimes the game would shift, you know, like I would show up and be like, who's got next. They'd be like, Oh, well, we just started when it was clear that it was like five, five, you know, <laughs> Two hours in. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody was like soaking wet. It's like, oh, we just started. Or the opposite is like, oh, we're all leaving. Um, but, you know, that would be like some folks, but other folks would be like, hell yeah, let's go hit. 
you know, and especially when I first started playing tennis in Los Angeles after a long layoff, like I was hitting some real moon balls and I was hitting into the other court a lot. And I remember very, very fondly with a lot of gratitude, uh, the people who would be like, yeah, sure, let's go ahead. I don't care. Um, so anyway, the point of all this being <laughs> just walking onto courts with strangers. And just the communities that you've seen. Like, yeah. uh, like if I was to map uh -huh. these courts, who plays there? Like, what are you seeing? Uh -huh. What communities are you seeing? Oh, I don't know. Um, I saw there was definitely a big Filipino contingent over in uh, Panorama City. Uh, okay. And those guys also seem to sort of have dominion over the courts. And me and a, a new friend of mine were, were playing over there. And these guys were so funny. Nobody said, like, hey, when are you done or anything like that. But, you know, they all had their folding chairs. And it was like, um, I don't know, they were just, like, definitely, like, you're on our court. Um, right. They were super nice about it. And then when we were done, they were like, oh, you got to come back, you know, and we'll drink some beers and we'll hang out. And I was like, you got it. Like, I would go back there <clears throat> even before the quest was over because they seemed like such great people who I would never, ever in a trillion years unless, yeah, I would never, I would never meet them if they hadn't just been hanging out there on the tennis court. Um Otherwise, I think it's more of like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Like I met this guy from Siberia. Uh, he was a really, really sweet guy. And, there's, you know, I don't hang out in Siberia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever would have met him. And just like hearing some of his backstory, um, which, you know, I don't feel like even, you know, talking with y'all and, and writing my blog, like, I don't think it's necessarily fair game for me to be, like, divulging all the interesting things that all these people tell me, because they didn't, like, sign up to be interviewed or part of some, you know, nonfiction, you know, book that I'm writing, you know, they just want to play tennis, so I try to be respectful of their privacy and the stuff that they tell me, because people will tell you stuff, like, over a tennis net, like, it just never fails to delight me and also just interests me. Like, the amount of guts that they spill, like, in the course of playing tennis, it's just like, wow, thank you for taking me into your confidence so readily. You know, I'm going to really try to live up to the um, confidence that you have in me. Um, I think that says more about you, Mark, than the game of tennis, because <laughs> I don't think I have those kinds of conversations. I'm just playing tennis. But I think it's neat that people look at you and feel that openness and, you know, the kindness oh. to, to share. Well, right back at you, Philip. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I'm not having those kind of conversations. Oh, you're not? Oh, well, well, because you're teaching them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. Like, I refuse to coach anybody. Like, I play tennis. <laughs> I play tennis with my daughter. Is just starting and like after we played like for I don't know like four hours I was like have you ever thought of maybe well what do you think about like getting your racket back a little sooner but it it took me you know like hours before I would even bring it up because like I'm you know <laughs> this is not breaking news but I'm not that good a tennis player and it's like you know <laughs> who is this guy to tell me how to play that's like I don't think so. Like I got enough. I got enough issues just getting the ball back over. Well, and speaking of coaching, and really kind of the state of tennis, uh, I just finished a seminar where I attended uh, UCLA, talking about the state of tennis and Southern California. 
I mean, you have a grassroots view, an eye-level street view of what's actually happening out there. How would you define the state of tennis today after so many years? It's great, man. There are so many great tennis players. Like I was on on, um, uh, Court Justice last year, and we tore it up. We won the L.A. League. And that's a big city, Los Angeles. And we won, and then we got our – we got beat solid. Well, as soon as we hit sectionals, there were these other teams that were like, uh-uh. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, there are great players all over all over L.A. Um, and so I think that's a plus. And then I see, you know, I still head over to Rancho from time to time, and I see a fair amount of uh, young folk playing over there in Poinsettia. Uh, Poinsettia, we couldn't get on the courts once over there because they were having lessons. So I don't know how like tennis instruction is gonna you know how that's gonna fare with the rise of pickleball um but as far as i can tell people are still playing tennis and it looks like you're plenty active you got plenty of people to to teach um so i don't know there's no lack of tennis players in southern california i can tell you that much there definitely is a decline of tennis courts though in los angeles I think it's really interesting that you're really at this reflection period doing this amazing quest to play all of these courts because many of these courts may not exist in in a few years. For instance, like the you know YMCA downtown, uh, they closed those courts. The courts are still there, but just nobody's playing there. Uh, Wellington courts up in the valley are fighting to stay alive and. You know, it's it's basically a real estate decision, right? Because the land is so valuable. Well, I was playing up in uh, Altadena a couple weeks ago. And it was like my first real look at, at pickleball. And I have to say, like, just for in terms of higher, highest and best use, like there were there were 16 people having the time of their life on, on the court next to us that had been converted into four pickleball courts and me and my pal Timothy were having the time of our life over on the other court playing tennis singles but like 16 there were 16 people over there having a giddy good time and the two of us you know I think if you have like an eight to one ratio of fun like I would say like let's let's get more people outside playing having good time you know I'm not I'm not a pickleball hater by by any means um there were, and also there were like 16 people waiting to play. So there's something too, and I think it's a post-COVID thing, or I don't know if it's really accurate to say post-COVID, but you know, it's definitely epidemic related, I think the rise of pickleball. And I think also my quest itself is a reflection of all the time that we spent isolated and you know, not really being able to get out. So you see all these people out there playing pickleball. I think that reflects the, you know, pent up desire for connection and it wouldn't, and I, I think that, you know, the thing I'm doing too, like being able just to ride on the bus hither and yon is also another thing where you're like, wow, I can get out. I can see people again. Like I really miss that over the last, you know, two years. That's so great. Uh, you you really are out there connecting with people. And even as far as Altadena, that's incredible. It's so far from West <laughs> It's nuts. It, it is, uh, it's, it's nuts. I read, I read uh, Don Quixote on the on the bus and the train. Uh, he's, oh, he's, awesome. he's a very, he's a very kind of problematic person to have as a role model, but uh, there it is. 
I think it's great that you are protecting the confidentiality and the kind of details of people's personal lives that they're sharing with you. But, but share with us, you know, one interesting, uh, maybe the most inspiring kind of event that you've had. I'm sure you've had so many. I played with this woman from Jordan down at uh, uh, Charles Taylor, uh, no Charles Wilson Court down in Torrance. And she was like, you know, hi, I'm from I'm from Jordan. <laughs> and I, I don't know. She said like, I'm from Jordan. You know where that is? I'm like, oh yeah, Jordan. It's over by Israel. She's like, uh, it's over by Palestine. And I was like, oh <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get. Or I don't know that I necessarily get it, but it was definitely like a, a a perspective changer and just a different, you know, like just snap into like this woman's way of seeing the world. I was like, yeah, you know, got it, got it. And I think stuff like that where you just, you know, you just kind of swivel and you see it in a different way. I think that's really, really um, useful. That's useful for, for growth as a world citizen. I'm really curious, Mark. Uh, one or two hand. <laughs> I switch hands a lot uh, to honor uh, to honor Coach Scott, who I played with at Ladera for years and years. He was a great athlete, such a great athlete. And he just got better and better. Like if you ever got up forty love on Coach Scott, like you knew you were in trouble because he was going to come charging back. And he would switch hands, and I was like, that's the coolest thing I ever saw. And uh, so I do that partly in homage to Coach Scott and partly out of kind of laziness. But when I do hit a true, a true backhand, uh, I go back and forth. I had some guy over in Alhambra say, oh, you know, you should try hitting a two-handed backhand. Um, so I do. And I don't know. I had some other guy in Santa Monica who was just like watching me hit with some guy. He was like, you've got a wonderful backhand. I was like, I do. It was like it was like it was the Wizard of Oz. You know, I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't even been asking for like validation of my backhand. But this guy was just like watching and he was like, what a what a graceful backhand you have. I was like, thank you, sir. And ever since then, I've been like, yeah, I've got a very graceful backhand. So Valerie, whether it's whether it's uh, uh, one hand or, or, or two hand, I don't know what I'm doing, really. All I can tell you is that it's graceful. Fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Likewise. I do that out of laziness myself. Um, and I always think of Sharapova when I do it because she used to do that at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to save a point, right. I got I to gotta get the uh, between the legs in there now. Yes, the tweener. Make that uh -huh. happen. Just be careful. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yes. You've got to tell us where that happens and uh, which court in Los Angeles that happens. So I have to introduce you to the Tennis Pal app. Uh, have you heard about the Tennis Pal app? I just signed up. I just signed up yesterday. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I mean, Tennis Pal is the sponsor for our podcast, and it's just a super great place to meet people. It's very easy to meet them. Uh, you just um, sign up, put in your zip code, and you could message them and look for people to play with. We use it all the time, especially Valerie, right, Valerie? I sure do. I love it. Um, and Mark, kind of like what you said, tennis is great for for anyone who loves tennis. But my favorite thing is, like you like you mentioned, 
it is fun when you match up really well with somebody's level of abilities. And so that's the thing that I really like is that it shows the different uh, levels that you rate yourself. And so I can find someone near me that matches up to, you know, the kind of level I want to play with. Uh, if you're lucky, you can find someone better than you because that's how we all get better is when we find someone better <laughs> who will play with us. Um, and yeah, right. And thanks to those people who do, you know, put up put up with uh, lower ranked <laughs> or lower, lower leveled people. Um, but yeah, I love I love that. And you can also ping out like a message. So it just like goes to everyone, um, which is definitely nice as well. If you just want to hit like a large crowd of people. Um, I kind of need that a little bit, I think more so for, for me being in like the suburbs. Um, there's not like a, I guess uh, I can't go to the tennis court any time of day, let's say, and just like find people. Um, so it's very helpful, but I have to imagine in, in certain parts of LA, you might just be able to kind of wander down and there might be people playing. That would be, that would be a useful list, um, to compile of of like where, where, where the good, uh, community minded walk on, uh, tennis courts. I know, um, you know, Ladera and Rancho, you can, you can, uh, generally walk on if, uh, uh, if, if you, you know, hang out long enough, but I, I, I kind of wonder about that because sometimes I, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a, a match lined up and I'll just like go off somewhere and, you know, if there, if it turns out that no one's around, I'll just like put some blue tape down on the court. I'll like put X marks the spot and try to whack a ball so it didn't land somewhere nearby. But a good list to walk on courts, that would be good. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. There there was actually a project that I was a part of uh, with the USTA. It was uh, by a couple of us on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee talking about mapping out some of the courts and communities in Southern California and talking about where people play, where people could walk on, uh, you know, meet kind of like the team leaders, the gatekeepers of these courts and just make tennis a lot more accessible, uh, you know, introduce them to people and right show on. them where the communities are. And then of course the USDA pivoted and <laughs> unfortunately we lost that uh, initiative, but I still think it would be such a valuable tool. I agree with what you're saying. So helpful for people to find people to play with. And that's why I really believe in tennis pal and, what they're doing there because then you can connect with as many people like yourself as possible. And Valerie too. Valerie and I just love meeting tennis people. Uh, we talk tennis all the time. Mark, do you watch professional tennis uh, on television as well or YouTube? Because Valerie and I are always talking about professional tennis as well. Um, to each other uh you know i think i think this is gonna be my year i just read uh hold on one sec here we go i had to get it i had to get this book off my shelf uh i just read the circuit by rowan ricardo phillips it's a tennis odyssey and it's about his watching of the uh 2017 uh, pro circuit from the Australian Open through the ATP. I think that's the last major. 
that they play or the last big tournament that they play. Anyway, I've been a, I've been a, uh, I've never been a, a one to watch tennis at all. And when I would go down to Ladera, my friends would be talking about, hey, did you see the Cincinnati Open? You know, and they're like dissecting all the shots. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I think, <laughs> I think 2023 might be the year uh, where I just really do um, watch these guys play. And I bet you, uh, I bet you it's going to really help my game. And, and and just give me another dimension of respect. I do, you know, I, I watch Serena like I had to. Like, how could you not watch uh, Serena? And Valerie, I didn't, you know, fly to Forest Hills uh, the way you did to go see uh, Federer in his uh, in his finale. <laughs> uh, but I definitely did watch, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, you know what? She's a really good player. <laughs> Probably the greatest understatement of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I can spot talent. I can spot talent. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that book sounds like a great Christmas gift because we've been talking about our tennis gift guide that we're going to be featuring on the next podcast because Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, for sure. What a great read. This guy, this guy is a tremendous writer and the way he dissects these, uh, kind of mid ranked, I mean, they're, they're the best tennis players in the world, but they're like, you know, 25th best. And the way he like runs down their games and their psyches and their, biographies it's just like dude you are one intense tennis fan and i dig wow. his i really dig his obsession sounds like a manual on how to play against these people oh i learned a lot well i don't know if i learned a lot i read a lot about about <laughs> tennis strategy uh learning is uh, or, or or applying as we all know is, a, is, a, is another thing but it's a great read and it's also pretty short it's like barely 200 pages so my kind of book that's super fun. Yeah, that sounds really good, and we'll definitely include it in our gift guide. Well, I think we're wrapping it up, but Valerie, do you have any last questions you want to ask Mark? Uh, you know, I had a, I was a little curious. Um, do you? I heard you say two years, um, kind of randomly, but is, is there um, like a calendar set up? Do you... Is there a rhyme and a reason or is there like a map on your wall and you're just putting little pins as you hit each court? It's like Don Quixote set forth and you let Rosinante sort of de determine where it was going to go. I definitely want to head more east because uh, just because of geography and that's because that's the part of town I live in. Like I've hit a lot of the courts, although not all of them. There's a lot of uh, courts over on the west side. I heard Douglas just got... Uh, Re resurfaced in Memorial Park out in Santa Monica. There's plenty of courts out in Santa Monica and down in El Segundo and so forth. But for like the real adventures for me are like when I go out to Valencia or when I would head out when you and me hit Valerie out in uh, <laughs> wherever you are, Montebello. You don't have to give away your exact location. But anyway, if there's... Inside. <laughs> yeah, inside, right? I'm, I'm in the wonderful, fantastic city of La Puente. Uh, where our our uh, courts, I think Philip came and played with me. It's like it's just cement with like paint on it. And uh -huh. that, that's the best. That's the actually best. there's not even like paint like for the color of the court. It's just like painted lines. It's where yeah. it's where the it's where the paint was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, it was fun to play there though. We actually have five courts in Monterey Park. 
I know you played one of them. I played, I played the one in Lombard, which tragically I can't remember the name of at the moment. I played um, Sequoia, which is gorgeous, but oh, a Sequoia. Yeah, big walk uphill. That was a, that was a stout walk, but a beautiful view. Right, such a beautiful park at the top of the hill. Yes, we're really proud in Modern Park. We actually have five tennis courts in our city. Kind of a, an amazing benefit to living here. And we're so glad they haven't torn any of them down, you know. Although the the courts right next to the city hall is called Barnes Park, and they've really de developed that into, you know, a pickleball-specific court. So lots of people playing there uh, specifically for pickleball. Tennis advisors off to them. Well, Mark, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. To hear your story and i'm excited to play with you myself i know valerie will be able to connect with you as well so cool to hear from you so, love your love your quest and can't wait to read the book right on well this has all just been a dream come true uh thank you philip and valerie for the opportunity feel free to consider me uh to hit on one of the courts here that you haven't played on your quest um in Monterey Park or Pasadena, Alhambra, or, or East L.A. East L.A. is where a lot of our programs are for our nonprofit Loves at Match. So love to, you know, be your tour guide for those courts if you're still looking to do those. Right on. Yeah, and please check out Tennis Pal. Like you said, you just downloaded it. I think it's a great place to meet people and to play with them in their communities. Um, and I think you'll have a great time meeting people on, on that app as well. And you would really love meeting the founder. Uh, she she actually came from Iran when she was uh, in her college oh, years. Grew up playing tennis in Iran. Came over to the United States um, and played tennis pretty much all her life. Uh, she was an engineer and she felt like it was harder and harder to find people to play tennis with. And so she developed this app specifically to just uh, have a place to find people to play with. And, you know, it's just a wonderful resource for all of us. I feel like she's just like you, Mark, and and Valerie and I just have a passion for tennis and really wants to just spread the love of tennis and the benefits. So yeah, I think it's a really great uh, story to check out. Uh, we actually did a podcast about her uh, previously. So if you want to look back, uh, maybe I'll send you that link so you can hear more about her and the interview that I did with her. Oh, our closing catchphrase, Mark, is may all your serves be aces. So we say to you, Mark, may all your serves be aces. Mil gracias. <laughs> Thank you again. And look Maybe some second serve Thank aces you again. in there too. Second serve, the second serve is going to be a wicked slice. I'm just telling you straight up. It's going to be, it's going to be a kick serve or, or, or a slice that could draw blood. Nice. Nice. Nice slice. He, he's giving he's giving us his tells. Super. Well, we'll definitely be sharing your website and um, your information on our show notes. And thank you again for joining us on the Tennis Pal Podcast. Take care. Likewise. Take care.